Dynasty Kings, football by the numbers. Ain't nothing prehistoric about it. It's the fantasy land before time, man. Yeah, did. And we talking about them analytics. Yeah, I dig it. You know them digits, we fit it inside of cells. But thinking outside of the box when we did it, outside prevails. We got eight inside of the box, but we finished plenty to tell. So go ahead and plug in a pot and just listen. It's the Dino Sting. Velociraptors, it takes okay. dilapidated no way. Nope. Man, it's a rap, no debate. Hey. Breaking it down with a dynasty. Yeah. Often reside with a pylons beam. Yeah. Often we talking about dynasty. Yeah. Rocking with me at the times you'll see. Yeah. Out of the pocket, but line on me. Too much subjective is not for me. It's not for me. I'm rocking with the dynasty. Yeah. Dynasty. Locking the lineup and I don't need. Filming the fables, cause finally I got all the facts. No anomaly. Yeah. Let's get it. Y'all reach his T Rex at best. And I don't mean to go flex. I'm a dinosaurus to death. Yeah. Look, if you dino, you know. Welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and Mike, let's ride. All right, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Kings. This is episode 12, and we are going to talk about the 2022 QB class. Now, you can find me, your host, at FF underscore Dirty Mike on Twitter. You can find my work at Campus to Ken, and I'm joined today by... My good friend at Campus the King, we've got Brandon. Brandon, where can we find your work? Yeah, so uh, on Twitter, you can find me at, at HayB3, H-A-Y-E-B-3. I do um, also work at Campus the Canton, so I do a Debbie uh, article each week. And I'm also at IDP Guys in the League Winners. Um, you know, I usually tweet out those articles, uh, do a lot of just weekly stuff during the season. But yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. Uh yeah, so today we're talking about the QB class. It's definitely had some mix of drama this year, so it's pretty exciting. Um, I'm going to talk about some analytics that me and Jake are big fans of here. So uh, with 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 uh, with what me and Jake do, we do regression models, so that's more Jake's thing. I just read off numbers to him. He puts it in. But the numbers that he finds that correlate are um, QBR, like what college numbers correlate to fancy production. So not NFL production, but fancy production. It's going to be QBR, uh, the 40-yard dash that definitely associates with your your dual threat quarterbacks there. Um, your completion percentage, can't be a good quarterback, you can't throw, and your adjusted yards per attempt. <clears throat> and then adjusted yards per attempt squared. That number is the most important number. It is, it is just, it is, it's, it's kind of a magic number right there. So... Uh, Brandon, what what do you look for any type of analytics in your uh, in your QBs QB analysis? Yeah, a lot of the same thing, um, completion percentage, and um, also I know um, PFF sometimes doesn't have you know the greatest stats, and you know there's some disagreement on everything, but they have a couple. I kind of look at their uh, big time uh, you know throws and turnover worthy type throws to kind of get a good idea of where quarterbacks are there, and they also uh, break it down by depth. So I want to know, is a quarterback just throwing like, you know, 90% of their passes within like five yards and then the receivers are doing everything or are they trying to push the ball down the field? So, um, you know, I, I kind of look at some of that, but a lot of those um, stats that you're talking about, I, I also like to look at. Okay. All right. Hey, let's, let's just dive in then. So my, my first prospect I want to talk about is another than Matt, Matt Corral here of Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral to me has demonstrated – so. Let me just start off with this. His his whole career, he's had absolute playmakers surrounding him. 
um, from DK Metcalf to AJ Brown, Van Jefferson, Elijah Moore, Dawson Knox, who's coming out now. Those all come from that Ole Miss tree. And so it's a little comforting to see him pretty much stay consistent in his numbers uh, while being surrounded by a group that's definitely not at the same level as what he did with um, well, with his prior classes. So, yeah, talk, talk about Matt Corral there, Brandon. Yeah, I actually really like Matt Corral. Um, I kind of was talking about him a little earlier this year before, you know, people started kind of getting into him. Uh, one of the biggest things I wanted to see was, you know, it's been talked about last year. He had those two games where he had five interceptions. And this year he's really cut down on the turnovers. Um, I've been impressed, too, because he seems to be running a little bit more. So that adds an aspect to his game that I don't think many people talk about. Um, but, you know, it's always going to be said, you know, the scheme in college, it's, you know, he, you know how that translates to the NFL. But with how the class is going down, I mean, he's definitely got to be near the top. So this is a great year for him to come out and possibly get that great draft capital being, you know, possibly a top 10 pick. Yeah, I, let's talk about his legs a little bit, too. I noticed that because he's got eight rushing touchdowns this year. I can't remember his numbers off the top of my head now, but I'm pretty sure that's the highest touchdown for rushing he's had so far this year. Um, I like his legs because I think that can extend the extend the play. You know, he can navigate out of the pocket, roll out. He can do run pass options. And uh, and and I like that. You know, I not that I hate statue quarterbacks, but he just has a skill set that I think can fit different different molds more than those other guys that are pocket passers. Um do you think his his rushing like I, he's he has some rushing ability right now in college but do you think that that can be a rushing ability at the next level i think so to a certain extent um i could see him kind of being like what uh trevor lawrence is starting to be you know a few read options a few game gets you a couple rushing touchdowns maybe like 20 25 rushing yards a game uh, maybe a touchdown here and there you know with nothing like lamar or jalen hurts or anything but more right. than quarterbacks like, you know, Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins, those kind. So that added bonus, you know, that added possibly two to three points, you know, definitely gives those kind of quarterbacks a nice floor. So I think he could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, and also just look out the numbers there here. His QBR is currently an 89.9. His completion percentage is a 69.2%. And his yards per attempt is 10.2. Well, that was last year. Actually, I haven't done it this year. But those numbers are um, second in college for QBR. He's in the 95th percentile for uh, yards per attempt. And I think three out of the four years, we've seen over a 69% completion percentage. So Matt Corral is like lock and loaded for me. I'm pretty confident about him. I think he's a first round draft grade. Um, would you agree on that one? Yeah, I would too. I would like to see him um, when he plays some other difficult teams because I think it was disappointing. I think we talked about this on Coast to Coast. It was disappointing how he how the whole Ole Miss team performed against Bama. I mean, I I don't think anyone really expected them to win, but last year against Bama, he had a very good game, and really most of his stats in that game didn't come until garbage time, you know, in the fourth quarter. Uh, so when he plays some stronger competition this year, I, I hope he can put up big numbers because um, a lot of teams he's played so far haven't necessarily had great defenses. So I understand that kind of knock, but – I, I still think it, you know, he he should be able to translate that into the NFL, but and definitely think he has a first round grade. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Competition matters to me, the competition they're playing against. And it's just always a good sign when they, they do well against Bama or Georgia, for example, and his other top defenses. So I, I'm with you. That was a little discouraging, but, you know, it's Alabama versus Ole Miss. <laughs> right. <laughs> you want to you wanna tell us about uh, another, another prospect? Yeah, here's another prospect that kind of um, people have different views of this year. Uh, Sam Howell out of North Carolina. Um, I still have him as the first quarterback. Uh, I know they, you know, he, they thought a lot of people thought they could compete with Clemson. Well, Clemson's down even at that, and they're still probably not the top of the ACC. They had that opening loss to Virginia Tech where he looked bad. Um, I think he does a lot of things very well. Um, and he's another player light strong where he's more mobile than people give him credit for. He's had, you know, like 50-yard touchdown runs and everything. I don't think he's going to be doing that all the time in the NFL, but at least he can move around, and I think he's accurate. I just think the supporting cast hasn't been nearly as great at North Carolina this year, and he, he can make some bad throws, but I still like Sam Hell quite a bit in the more prototypical type quarterback, but, you know, with a little bit of um, mobility, maybe kind of like uh, Aaron Rodgers in that Aaron Rodgers early in his career could run around a little bit kind of move around just in the pocket to throw the ball. So that's how I kind of feel about Sam Howell. So how how do you feel about Sam Howell? <laughs> I'm not a fan. Um, that's funny you, you quoted him to, to Aaron Rodgers. I thought he was more like a Baker Mayfield to me. Um, I, I'm just not encouraged this year. He was definitely my preseason quarterback, too. I think he was everybody's and definitely a top two to pick. I still, I still think he can get a first-round draft grade. Um, I'm just not encouraged because – uh, of just how the teams look so far. And I do think it's part of coaching staffing fault. Um, like you said, the supporting cast is not as good. I, I was looking forward to seeing him, like Matt Corral, keeping up those numbers that he already was producing with a different cast, with a, with a less a less um, talented cast. Um, but he's not. And what's really concerning to me is, is this is kind of similar to what they're talking about Daniel Jones's profile, um, is that he's not winning games. Not winning games against strong teams. And, and that can definitely go be blamed on the coaching staff for sure. Um, but he's still a leader on the field. And, you know, they've come up short against Georgia Tech, Florida State University. I think Virginia, well, Virginia Tech, I actually do think has a good defense. But uh, those other – he's right now 3-3, three and three, and I'm not, like, confident that he can lead an NFL team if he can't lead a team right now against the competition that he has. Yeah, I would just like to echo that fact. And another thing that I am concerned about, he, his completion percentage has dropped quite a bit. Last year's at 68. This year's at 60. Um, there are some drops in there, but that's not, you know, to drop 8.8%. And last year, I'm, I don't remember what game, but he scored like 50 points, you know, kind of like what you're saying, even with um, a bad defense, you know, they would outscore and he just hasn't been able to do that. Um, I, I didn't watch the whole game against Florida State, but there's no reason that that they should get, you know, beat by that much by a, a bad Florida State team. Georgia Tech, their their line was bad, but he made some bad um, bad decisions. He had some fumbles. So I agree. There's definitely some alarming signs with him. Um, but kind of, I guess, why I have him so high is more about just the, the lack of elite players in this class. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's looking like this QB class is going to be a scarcity at that position. So maybe there are going to be some overvaluing out there. Um, I, I did, I'm just going to say my notes from last year, and, and they, they still kind of carry over this year. But I, I really liked his quick release last year. I thought he was 
very fast getting the ball out. I thought he was fairly accurate. I thought he was pretty accurate too at the deep ball and the short pass. Um, so, yeah, I, I, my my opinion is definitely a recency bias, a one hundred percent. And so I'm wondering if NFL teams will also have that recency bias. I don't know if I have anything else. Sorry about that. I don't know if I have anything else to say about Sam Howell. So you wanna you have anything more to say about Sam? Uh, no, no, you know, I think that that's it. And it'll be interesting. I think he could be someone that, I mean, we still have the second half of the year. I'm, I mean, to show more consistency and then I think it'll be big on his pro day just to show like all the throws that he can have. Cause I could see him really impressing on, you know, um, individual workouts with teams. Yeah, let's let's roll into our next one here. Uh, my my next my next project I want to bring up is uh, Malik Willis. Um, I was I was not very high on him uh, preseason. He was definitely outside my top five for sure. Uh, I I think he's this, he's this year's dual threat quarterback. And I I think the other appealing factor about him is that that's kind of the way the league to me is like trending into these dual threat quarterbacks. They want their quarterbacks to have some sort of rushing upside, and Malik Willis brings that. Um, I. I think it was talked about on the Debbie debate last week, but I'm going to steal it from, I want to say it was Felix who said it, that he's, he's kind of like a Jalen Hurts, but with a better arm. So I, I think he has a better arm strength for sure. Um, he plays not that strong competition. So we talked about level of competition with uh, these other guys here. Um, and, and Malik, yeah, Malik plays for Liberty. They play weak competition. He blows out almost every single team he plays. Um, I just, I just wish he throws some more. Sometimes I don't know what it is like inconsistency with play. Like he's in the pocket, he can escape with his legs, but sometimes he doesn't because he's looking downfield for their pass and he gets sacked too often. So I think that's a decision making thing. He's already up to 18 sacks on the season. Like I think last year he had 19 the whole season. Um, and I think he needs to improve his decision making, but I think the tools are there to be really successful in the NFL with the arm strength and with his legs. Um, what do you think about Malik Willis? Right. Yeah. So before the season, I was not nearly as high on him, kind of like you were saying, he was kind of outside. Um, but I have watched some of his games. I, I watched the full game against Syracuse. And what I'll say is kind of what you're saying. I think some of it is slow decision making because what Syracuse looked like, what they're doing in the first half, they would have a spy on him, and then they would take away that first quick read, and he's slow to get to those second or third reads. And I think another thing is uh, people are trying to say, you know, with how Lamar Jackson's playing, I don't think he's Lamar Jackson. You know, I don't think he's that – I don't think he has that type of speed, and he's as, you know, um, good of a passer and putting up those kind of numbers. And I looked, and so far this year – He's only thrown over 250 yards once, you know, against that competition. So that's a little concerning to me that, I mean, he, against this competition, there should be games where he's thrown for like over 300 yards and all of that. But he has, you know, improved on accuracy. Um, you know, he's still pretty good on turnovers. And if you watch some of his games, he'll have two or three throws every game that are like elite, like yeah. elite deep throws where he just puts it over the top. So he definitely has those. I would worry if he got drafted too high because then he might get thrown in there too quickly. If he got picked, you know, middle of the first round to the end, I think that would be good. Kind of like what happened with Lamar, you know, maybe have some packages for him and then like the second year, let him start taking over. 
Um, but I do like his upside more than Jalen Hurts. I think that is a good uh, comparison, um, you know, because I think they're similar because Lamar is more elusive, I think, whereas Jalen Hurts also can get sat too much, kind of like Willis when he holds the ball too long. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, um, I, I wouldn't complain, though, if someone wanted to put them as, like, their QB1 for, like, fantasy because he's got that rushing upside. But I, I think you nailed it, too. He needs to go to a team that can let him sit get some get get acclimated to the environment kind of slowly so i think you absolutely nailed it there with him uh any more closing thoughts on malik willis we move on um no i just think one thing that i don't think the eagles have done a great job this year is okay. with lamar and the the ravens they they built their offense around lamar they went all in you know on that and it seems like the eagles are kind of like stepping like just their toe in you know they don't want to go all the way in with him when I right. think a team just has to do that with Malik Willis, build even if they play him from the beginning, let him do the read option and the, you know, kind of spread spread type things where they, people are open. He doesn't have to make a ton of reads very quickly, and then he can just get better, kind of like Lamar's gotten better every year. So that you know, I think fit is going to be a big thing for him. Yeah, I I, I am also looking forward to him at the next level because his his uh surrounding talent i mean he's playing weaker competition but even the talent on his team like no one's really talking about his pass catchers or anybody else on his team it's just him so it'd be cool to see how he actually acclimates to um more pro style play like with his own team and and against pro competition there uh you want to roll into uh, our next prospect yes yeah, so next prospect for me is uh carson strong out of nevada um, I know uh, Felix Campus can, you know, always talks about him that, you know, makes jokes, you know, because he can't run, that he must not be any good. Right. And, um, um, really, he can't run, like, <laughs> at all, because I looked, and he has negative rushing yards every year in college. Um, right. He does. He's he's more of the prototypical quarterback, but he has that strong arm. He's accurate. I love how he throws the deep ball. Um, he's kind of what I would think – coming out in the draft is similar to Matt Jones kind of like profile, like a guy that's, yes. you know, that needs to go to a team that has some good weapons, but he can get, he can distribute the ball, you know? And I think he, he's, you know, I've never talked to Carson strong, obviously, but he seems like a smart guy that can like read defenses. So I could see teams like falling in love with that. So um, that's kind of right. how I feel about Carson strong. He definitely doesn't have that running capability so that, you know, if, for the NFL leaning towards that way, that could hurt him. I think just, you know, his, his overall, you know, throwing ability will help him, you know, possibly sneak into the first round. Yeah, so for me, Carson Strong, I, I said the same thing. I actually just wrote an article for Gamskin, and I, I made that comparison for prospects here. Um, people want to look bad that he doesn't want to run. Like, yeah, he's got 98 – Negative 98 rushing yards on the season, but his he's got great arm talent, and I love I love watching him go through his progressions when he's like throwing the ball, watching his feet move, and you can clearly see his head dart to like each option, and I I love it. Um, but yeah, he's gonna be limited where he goes because he has to go to a team that has like for me an established offensive line. So I'm actually a Patriots fan. Um, so when Matt Jones landed to us, it made sense, and I loved it because that's the type of player that needs to go to those systems. The systems that have that established O-line that is going to give him the nice time to actually make those progressions, and he can stand there for all he wants as long as he makes that throw, you know? So, yeah, I, I'm with you on Carson Strong. Uh, he's I, – I haven't gotten to watch a lot of his games. Um, 
but I, I love his his own mechanics. His deep ball is just great. Um, sometimes I feel like sometimes he just arcs the ball too much on these deep throws, and then so when they get underthrown, he's just very interceptable. And then so I I don't know how you fix that. I just wish you threw with more velocity on some of these deep balls because he's just throwing them up. They look real pretty and stuff like that. But when they're short, they're like it's just like an easy catch for defenders underneath. So. Yeah, do you have uh, anything more to say on this on uh, Carson Strong? No, I think that that's about it. Okay, let's um those are the five I went in depth in. Do you want to go you want to pick anybody you want to go into detail with? Um yeah, I would like to uh talk about another guy for you know that Felix loves, Jake Hayner. Um okay, I, go ahead. I definitely wasn't wasn't in as heavy on um Hayner as early as Felix, but um but Alfred and Felix did like a breakdown before the season of a game of Fresno State, and I, after I watched it, I was like, man, I really like what they're showing with um, Hayner, and I, I actually have Hayner on a couple teams, so I've watched a lot of Fresno State games this year, and you know, I just like what he what he does, and he kind of has enough mobility to move around the pocket and make throws on the run, and um, yeah, I just like what what he does. He did have a very bad game against Hawaii. Um, he threw four interceptions, but he's been dealing with um, injuries. If you look before that, he only had two interceptions before that game, and he's played some uh, tough teams in uh, UCLA and LSU this year. So, um, or UCLA and someone else, Oregon, UCLA and Oregon. So I really like him. He's not going to be a first rounder. He's going to probably be you know a day two or a day three guy, but. Um, uh, I really like his potential, and he would be another quarterback that probably would need the right fit, maybe with an aging quarterback where you can he can kind of set maybe a year and then kind of take over. But I, I do like him quite a bit. Yeah, I watched plenty of Jalen Cropper tape too, so so I've seen some Jalen <laughs> yeah. out there. Jalen Cropper is a growing fan of mine. He's a wide receiver. Um, I I would like to mention. Um, Tanner Mordecai, uh, not really talked about right now. I joke, I think I joked, tweeted one time, Tanner Mordecai for Heisman. Um, he's lighting up the stat sheet right now. He's a uh, transfer from Oklahoma to SMU. Um, and I've, I don't know, I've always had some sort of bias towards SMU football. I'm not a fan of SMU football. I don't go to SMU. I have no ties to it. I just, I don't <laughs> know why. I, those prospects just pop off the page for me. Um, he's laying it up this year, um, and he's not afraid to make these gutsy throws. He's he's getting the he's pushing the ball downfield, um, and he's he's he just slings it, and I love that. Um, he does have some interceptions on his record, but when you watch his games, these interceptions come on like it's it's the second quarter, and, and there's only three seconds left before the half, and he's just gonna throw one super deep and see if they can get a touchdown, um, and that's what he's done. Uh, sometimes they work out, but. I like Tanner Mordecai. He's someone to watch. He's a junior, so he's probably going to stick around another year because he's not getting talked about. But he's definitely somebody on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, honorable mentions to go through? Um, I don't think we talked about Desmond Ritter, um, but I wanted to. <laughs> so, oh, we did. We did. So, so let's go ahead and throw, <laughs> throw <laughs> oh, man. him on. Um, I'm not as big a fan of Ritter. I think he has some tools. Um, it's weird. This year he's not running as much. I don't know if that's something he's trying to not do. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I thought he would progress more this year. He's had um, 
against Indiana, he didn't look that great, but he played much better against uh, Notre Dame, and he had a good game against uh, Temple, which Temple's not good. And then they play UCF this week. So if he can, he can probably keep on piling up, you know, good games. And he has some of that dual threat type, um, type play. And he could sneak into the late first round or be a second rounder. Um, and then definitely, you know, I don't think a team would commit to him to start right away. But I think he definitely could have a chance to start one day in the NFL. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a big Desmond Ritter fan, actually, and I, and I literally forgot about him on a quarterback <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, I believe right now, this will, if, if rankings stay the way they are for the rest of the year, he's going to be the first G5 quarterback through the playoffs. Um, and I think what he's done is amazing. I'm, I, as far as dual threat goes, I don't really think it's going to translate over to the next level. I think he just, um, he's six foot four. He has a long stride, so I don't think he's not afraid to get out there. But I wouldn't, at the next level, I, I think he's going to have rushing attempts, kind of like Trevor Lawrence and uh, Joe Burrow, like that. So he's not going to be out there. It's like, you know, like you said, 25 yards a game, maybe maybe a rushing touchdown here and there. Um, he takes some pretty mean hits on the field. So I, I like his toughness. But at the same time, um, how as you alluded to about them not doing many rushing attempts, I'm thinking maybe they're like seriously thinking they might make it to the playoffs. So they want to take the um, the contact off their quarterback to to prolong that um and then I, I guess I'm with you he hasn't progressed as much as I liked but I, I still see the arm strength there and and I like that um his downfield throws are are not great but like he throws them downfield so I, I'm hoping that can get coached up uh yeah I I do like him as a prospect I I think I think he has the size that that the old school GMs like John Elway who's no longer GM but I feel like some for some GMs are going to see this six foot size because a lot of these guys are short or not short, but you know they're in the they're in the six foot six foot one area. And I think Desmond Ritter and Carson Strong are the only two that are over like six foot three, six foot two. So yeah, def- definitely. Yeah, I could see that because he has that prototypical size. You know that some of those GMs like like I said, you know, even if he went like early third, like some quarterbacks do. I think if I think with this class, a lot of these quarterbacks, it's going to depend on where they go team-wise. Whereas, you know, like Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Justin Fields, we we kind of thought, you know, if they – wherever they go, they'll probably play well. Whereas some of these others, I think it's going to depend to make sure the team – they go to a team that's going to help them uh, succeed. So, I mean, that's going to be super exciting for the draft and everything. Uh, people are talking about talking down the whole 2022 class. I think there's still – strong players in there um they're not not be like top end talent but i think there's a lot of like really good talent so it'll be interesting how that all plays out i think there's a lot of arm strength in this talent i think that's um undervalued really at the next level because as they get the arm strength and, and they just get the right coaching you know because i like, do i think doesn't ritter's, ritter's getting the best coaching that g5 you know going to uc i don't but i i think at the next level if he can just click with the coach to help out his accuracy issues because he has the strength to make it happen. He throws that nice velocity ball. Like again, it's yeah. So like these, him doing this at a G five school, being being ranked and he's performing pretty well in, in my opinion against like tough competition. And also when he goes to practice, Cincinnati's defense is pretty good. So he's playing against his own defense right. in practice too. So I I feel like he he's playing tough competition for where he's at now. And I and I I'm feeling good about his future as long as he gets nice coaching staff. But yeah. So, all right. Now some honorable mentions, right? 
So uh, any other prospects you want to talk about? Um, we can just mention uh, Kenny Pickett um, from from Pittsburgh. You know, Austin's Austin's guy. You know, um, he yeah. actually you know had had I think on one of the pods talked about him how he's definitely improved on uh, his turnovers. He only has uh, one interception so far. It's his highest uh, completion percentage in his career at seventy two percent. Um, and yards per attempt is the highest at 10.3. Uh, so I think he's going to be, he's definitely not going to be in those tiers, but I think he could, you know, get drafted and then be a very, you know, solid backup, a guy that if he had to play, you know, when a starter got hurt, he could uh, perform. And who knows, you know, with a few years, he might be one of those guys that just is a late bloomer in the NFL and like, you know, takes a few years, but then, you know, gets the gets the chance and can do some things because he uh, that Pittsburgh offense is really just throwing the ball all over the place this year. So he's really improved his stock, I think. Yeah, I I noticed his numbers pop off the page for me. I haven't really gotten to look watch his game at all. Um, it's kind of like as far as like numbers popping, it's been him and Tanner Moore guy for me, obviously. So, um, but yeah, Kenny Pickett right now leads this class, and he is a senior, so he's he's going to the draft this year. But he leads his class in QBR. Um, he's looked great. I don't really, I can't speak. Can you speak on the competition level he plays with and against? Uh, from what I, I've seen so far, it's not great. But I will say he, they tore apart Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech gave North Carolina tons of trouble. So I mean, if you do a comparison with Sam Howell, you know, I, yeah. I mean that, I mean. I did not think uh, Pittsburgh would play that well because I watched that Georgia Tech North Carolina game and Georgia Tech's front uh, front seven they looked really great. I thought they would give him trouble and he, they torched that. So I mean that's a comparable where you have to say well you have to take a little bit of notice because they gave Sam Howell tons of trouble and you know um, you know I wouldn't think Pittsburgh's talent is that much better than North Carolina. It probably isn't at all. So I think that's a uh, that that's something. Uh, to look at for uh, Pickett. Yeah, I, he's definitely somebody rising on my boards. He really is. It's probably like he, he really is. And I, I can't wait for like the senior bowl to roll around. So I think he might get the invite there. And I think he's going to be like that late um, hype train, you know, where you got the main prospects. Definitely. And they're always going to throw like one or two guys that are going to get like that third round draft capital somehow. You know, like Kellen Mond got elevated at the end of the year. And I think Kenny Pickett's way better than Kellen Mond, that's for sure. Oh, he can throw the ball way better. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a Kellen Mond fan, so. No, I, I never was. I didn't really get it. Um, now, I got one guy I want to mention. My last guy I want to mention personally is uh, Will Levis. Now, I actually went to Kentucky, so go ahead and bake in the bias on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think he throws a nice ball Like when I watch him play. I, I think he throws a really nice ball. Now, the numbers are kind of low. I think there's like one game he threw like 87 yards, on, and that's it. He's got Georgia this week. Um, but I think Will Levis has shown some tools to be successful at the next level. Now, I don't think he's going to be a first or second round pick. Like, no way. Like, not happening. But I think he could be a like third round at the earliest, but maybe a day three pick. He'll probably stick around, though, another year. But I, I do like Will Levis. He's definitely put Kentucky on the map. Um, I think this is the highest he's been ranked for 20 years. Uh, and I, I'm excited to see where he goes next for his career. Do you have anything to say about Will Levis? Um, I think consistency is probably the biggest thing. So another year would help him. Um, I think 
there early on he had some very nice games. I don't remember the competition really. Uh, but if if he can play fairly well against some of these strong SEC SEC opponents that he's going to have the rest of the year, um, he didn't do much against Florida. But I mean, he's still I think it's kind of like with Ritter, um, if you win games and are like a tough type quarterback, I think that kind of the intangible type thing kind of looks gets looked uh, favorably in the NFL for some teams, and uh, you know. I, I think he's shown flashes, and the NFL is all about, you know, if, if you can show potential, they'll they'll take a chance on you. Like Kellen Mond, like we're saying, there's no reason he should have gone that high. But, you know, he has some amazing plays, mostly not good plays. But, um, you know, and the the league is starved for good quarterbacks, so they're always looking for someone. So they, they take a chance on players every year. Yeah, and so far this 2021 class is not really showing out the way we thought they would. So, yeah, I'm with you. The, the league is a starter for talent. And there's some aging quarterbacks out there. Matthew Stafford's out there. You know, Tom Brady's getting old. Aaron Rodgers getting old. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's definitely old. Yeah, definitely. So, so, yeah, it's definitely – we're definitely ready for a new era of quarterbacks here. Um, so, uh, that's all the quarterbacks for me. You got any quarterbacks you want to bring up? Besides we no, no, I think that's it for me. All right, let me let me get your your top five uh, quarterbacks here for this class. Sure. Maybe, so, oh, sorry. Maybe give me like a line or two about why why they're there. You know. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, one one for me is still Sam Howell. I think you know he hasn't played poorly enough like a Spencer Rattler to fall that fall out of that spot for me. But definitely the gap is a lot smaller. And if he can, if he continually does not look good and say North Carolina finishes like six and six or five and seven, those are definitely warning signs that might make me reevaluate that. But he's one. Matt Corral's two. He's shown that he can cut down on the turnovers. He has a little bit more uh, running this year, and um, you know he just makes uh, some amazing throws. Uh, some of those throws against Arkansas. Um, are just great throws. He puts it right on where they can catch the ball in stride. Third for me is Carson Strong. Even without his running ability, I just like how he can throw the ball. And like I said with Matt Jones, you know, he was kind of moving up boards just because you know, they talked about his smarts and, you know, his accuracy. So I could see that. Fourth is Malik Willis, but I could easily see him jumping Carson Strong by the time the draft comes around. Um, He's a lot better um, more than I've watched this year. I think he's improved. Is that enough for the NFL? I'm not totally sure. And then a uh, five for me is Desmond Ritter. Um, he has a little combination of the running. He has a size. And, you know, like you're saying, he's not lighting it up at Cincinnati, but he is at G5 school and winning these games. And he took them toe-to-toe with Georgia last year. And he, he's a winner. And I think the NFL does put some um, – put some stock in, you know, if you're just show you're a winner because they, the quarterback you know, leads the team and then on and then the NFL. Yeah, I'm with you. So, so my top five, is going to be Matt Corral. Number one, um, he is, he, I, I think he's shown improvement every year. I like what he's done. I like that he can now do it even without a strong supporting cast around him. So he's still, he's still out there producing. Um, we would have liked to see a little better out of Alabama, but I don't think he's fallen off the way some of these top prospects in this class have fallen off. So, so that's why I like him. He's, he's still hanging in there. My 
QB2 is going to be Malik Willis, actually, just because I think that's the trend that the NFL is going. That rushing upside, you know, this is a fancy podcast, and that rushing upside is getting us fancy points. So I like Malik Willis. Um, better arm strength and arm talent than, like, Jalen Hurts. So if, so he's no Lamar Jackson, but he can, he can stick around the NFL and, and get some of that rushing upside. My QB3 is Desmond Ritter. Um, I like the arm strength. Uh, he has enough. I wouldn't call him a dual tech quarterback, but at the next level, but he has the mobility to prolong plays, he has that prototypical size, and that he's a winner, as we talked about. That I think some GM, I think, I definitely think a team's going to reach on him at some point in time. I think he can go into second. I don't really think he's a first round talent, but if some team reached on him, I, I think I'd get it. Uh, my QB4 is Carson Strong, um, just a nice pocket passer. He has to go to the right system. Um, definitely not afraid to push the ball downfield, unlike Matt Jones was at Alabama, but uh, Carson Strong's my QB4. Now Sam Howell's my QB5, and it's just out of recency bias. I'll 100% admit that any day. Um, I just want my quarterbacks to, to be winners, but I don't see Sam Howell dropping out of the first round. I just don't. I think he did enough the prior year that he's, his, name's just gonna, his name's gonna stay on the top. So um, now I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room or maybe the sooner in the room, and that's going to be Spencer Rattler. <laughs> so he was, he, was, uh, he was probably the, the consensus QB1 coming in. Um, recently got benched mid-game uh, for Caleb Williams. Uh, we won't talk about him now. But uh, I, I think on Coast to Coast, uh, Felix put it right. He was saying, um, when was the last time a guy with a first-round draft capital got benched in a game and had a transfer to return back to that draft capital? Not that he's transferred yet, but if that's the direction he goes, like I, I'm not excited for him in this class. We didn't even mention talking about him. Like he's not. I don't know. Like, yeah, tell me about Spencer Rattler, Brandon. So there's a couple things. I think a lot of people have been saying he should have been benched before this. Um, two, just the way that he carried himself in that game. You know, there's been reports, or I didn't see it, but reports where he didn't even celebrate with the team. He didn't come up and, you know, uh, congratulate Caleb Williams when he was doing well. Um, and I think the NFL is going to take that. And then I I think you're right. I don't – I think the first round might have been out of the cards for, for Rattler. Um, he might be able to rebuild his stock if he transfers. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough road for him. I think he still has some NFL talent. But even going into this year, I was kind of worried about Rattler in because last year – he just makes a lot of like turnovers and bad decisions. And you thought maybe with another year um, he would improve. And I think it's concerning too. Lincoln Riley is, is like the quarterback, like whisperer, you know, just yep. doing all this in that Rattler wasn't getting better. I think that was very concerning because I mean, he's made every, you know, no one would have thought uh, Jalen Hurts would have got drafted that high, you know, when he transferred from Alabama. So, I think that's definitely concerning, and you know, I I'll be interested where if he transfers, where Rattler would go. Yeah, I mean, if you can't see that with that coaching staff, I don't. The the future's not looking too bright. Yeah, so I'm I'm with you. Um, let me let me just let let's go through like our top five here, and just let me know one or two guys like where you want to see them go in the NFL. Like, where would you be think it's like a dream destination? And uh, I don't. I'll start off. Um, I'm gonna start with Carson Strong there. 
he need, he needs a good pocket, and I think the Colts need a quarterback. They've needed a quarterback for a while. They're a really complete team. Um, and so I, I like Carson Strong if you were to go to the Colts. Do you have any, any fits here for anybody you'd like to see go somewhere? Yeah, so I actually think Sam Howell, it, it would kind of depend on how bad the Steelers finish the year. But I think if he went somewhere like that, um, I know the Steelers line isn't great, but I think it's good enough. And Sam Howell would have those receivers, and then he'd have Najee and that good defense. He's got a strong arm. I could I could see him fitting in in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they definitely have one of those coaching staffs that I believe in to fix their deficiencies. You know, like they'll take steps to to get in the right direction there. Um, I'm trying to think about other ones here. Malik Willis, dual threat quarterback. I'm trying to think about where he'd go. Um, you got anywhere from Malik Willis? Where do you want to see him at? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing the Daniel Jones experiment is going to end with the Giants after this year. So, I yeah. mean, depending on where they pick, I could see that they have a lot of weapons on that team. Um, you know, get him kind of running. It the, just the thing with the Giants if they fail this year, which it looks like they are, they're probably starting over, possibly at coach and GM. So it'd be interesting who comes into there. But I think that would be a, a interesting destination for uh, Willis. Okay, yeah, I like that. I thought about that too, doing that run pass option and got like you got Saquon Barkley out wide too, getting those little short passes. I like that too. Um, that's gonna wrap it up for today's episode. You have any closing thoughts you want to give out there, Brandon? No, I just want to thank you for uh, having me on, and it was a great time talking about these quarterbacks. Thank you. And thank you for making the time to come on here too, man. Really appreciate you. And just once again, you guys got to go give him a follow. You can find him at, I'm going to spell it out, H-A-Y-E-B-3 on Twitter. You can find his work at Campus to Canton. Great group of guys there. They are the college experts. They know what they're talking about. And I want to thank Brandon for coming on today. Thank you for making the time to do this with me. And then uh, we'll see you guys next week. I think next week I would, I would like to do a, a rookie mock draft. So, that's what I'm going to plan on doing for next week. Um, you guys have a good day.